encouraging people to to raise chickens absolutely i think it's a great experience as you know i mean your life definitely changes and there's tons of resources out there so there's really no excuse for not doing some basic research reading i mean the Meyer hatchery website has great information on it so just do your research because the more you know the easier it's going to be and the less stressful and the more healthy your chickens are going to be and all that From Meyer Hatchery, it's The Coop, where we talk all things poultry in hopes of inspiring crazy chicken keepers and educating future flock owners. I'm your host, Kendra, and on the show today, we're talking to one of our favorite partners, a blogger, author, TV host, and fifth-generation chicken owner. From Fresh Eggs Daily, Lisa Steele is here to share about her chicken keeping journey, Meyer Hatchery exclusive breeds, and her top advice for new chicken keepers. Lisa started Fresh Eggs Daily in 2012 with a blog about raising chickens naturally, eventually leading her into ducks and geese as well. Fast forward almost 10 years later, and Lisa is preparing to release her seventh book, taking you from coop to kitchen. The Fresh Eggs Daily Cookbook, over 100 fabulous recipes to use eggs in unexpected ways, is set to be released in the spring of 2022. So how does someone like Lisa start on this crazy poultry keeping journey? You know, it's funny because there was no plan. Um, I was an accountant. Well, okay, to go back even further, I grew up in Massachusetts. My grandparents had chickens, like a legit chicken farm. And then I grew up across the street from them and my parents were teachers. You know, we we weren't going to be chicken farmers, but we had chickens growing up and stuff. And then uh, I went to college and I went to work on Wall Street. Then I met my husband and he was in the Navy. And so we bounced around a bit and that was sort of like the end of a career. So we ended up on a farm, this little farm in Virginia, mostly just because we like to live in the country. And he had horses. He he wanted to have horses like his whole life. So we finally had horses in the backyard and um, we got some chickens. And I I literally was just like, I was bored. I wasn't working. It was just something to do. It was going to be a hobby. And Facebook was kind of just starting. And I just you know, started sharing pictures and then I started answering questions and I, I started my blog because, you know, I figured instead of answering the same questions on Facebook over and over again, I could just write a blog and use it like as an archive, you know, so I figured I'd write up like 20 of the most common questions, you know, like, what do you do when your chicken's molting? What do you do with a broody hen? Like those kind of things. And I could just direct people to them. So again, 10 years later, I have like 600 articles and I'm still writing all my handy little advice, but there definitely wasn't a plan. You know, I was approached to write a book uh, a couple of years in and, you know, another book and another book and another book. And it, it just kind of all snowballed and I sort of lost control of, of everything. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't anything that I went into with a plan to turn into really anything. What were some of the first chickens that you started with? So we started, it's funny because we went to the feed store and, you know, we were like, we'll take two of those and we'll take two of those. And so we started with two, I think we had two Rhode Island Red, two Buff Orpingtons, two Australorps and two Wyandots. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what the feed store had. Plus we got some ducklings because um, my husband was like, oh, we'll take some of those too. And I was like, okay, I guess we're going to have ducks too. We've had the ducks for just as long, which I think a lot of people don't realize, but our oldest ducks are... That was back in 2009. I started, you know, Fresh Eggs Daily in 2012, but we got the chickens in 2009. So yeah, our oldest ducks turned 12 in February. That's crazy. Yeah, they've been with us a long time. Chickens, um, we have a couple that are nine. Uh, We had one from our original batch, one of our Australorps. We just lost, I think, like two winters ago. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided I didn't like the lion's odd. I, I, I don't find them terribly friendly. So I never got any more of them. And along the way, you know, cause I wanted different breeds and I wanted to try out different breeds and get different colors in my egg basket. So I would rehome a bunch of chickens. Like I'd hatch them or get chicks and then either not love the breed or the temperament or the way they looked and rehome them. So I really just kind of like crafted my flock, which is mostly Meyer hatchery chicks at this point to my favorites. You know, I love lavender orpingtons. I love Australorps still. They're probably my favorite breed, but I have some Easter eggers. I have olive eggers. I have Americanas. You know, I, I think it's good to try a lot of different breeds and then kind of narrow it down to the ones that work for you. I had Andalusians, which I love in Virginia. We were living in Virginia, um, but we moved to Maine and they're, they're just not cold hardy. I mean, they have huge combs and I just really didn't want to subject them to Maine winters, but, um, but they were fun chickens. Mm-hmm. I liked them. We get a lot of people asking what breeds they should get first. And we start with a lot of the breeds that you're suggesting, like Australorps and Orpingtons, because they are friendly and pretty hardy all the way around. Mm -hmm. And I tell people that all the time. You can always add. Like, it's okay to get a handful of them, try them out, get some new breeds. So I love that you rehomed and kind of pared your flock down to what really made sense for you and what you enjoyed. Yeah, and it's important because you want to have a good experience. When we were moving um, six years ago, we had about... 36 chickens or something. And I did not want to bring that many with me. So I pared it down to like my 10 or 12 favorites. And I put on Facebook and I put on Craigslist, you know, that I was just giving away chickens. And this guy came with his two daughters to look because I had them separated into the ones I was keeping, the ones I was giving away. And I was keeping two Faveroles. And I really loved them. They're so cute and sweet. And they would talk to each other. And the two little girls saw the Faveroles and they just fell in love with them. So I ended up actually giving them to the little girls. And then I was like, darn, why did I give my Faveroles away? I wanted to keep them. (laughs) (laughs) So I keep meaning to get some more of them. Um, But yeah, you do get attached to certain breeds. And and like you said, the Orpingtons are just such an easy keeper. I mean, they're they're good layers and and there's like no drama. They're not mean. You know, they're hardy. Whereas if you start with like Silkies or Polish or even Faveroles, I mean, they're just not as hardy breeds. And I think you might have problems with them early on, you know, and then people get discouraged. Yep, exactly. Now that kind of led to working with us at Meyer Hatchery to create some Lisa Steele specific breeds. Can you kind of (laughs) speak about those a little bit? Yeah, it was really, um, I guess it was probably about two years ago, maybe that you came to me and said, like, what would be your perfect, perfect chicken breed? Um, like just describe it like temperament and a color egg and what it would look like. And so we came up with what ended up being called the steel eggers that they lay blue eggs and they've got like the poofy cheeks and the poofy. I mean, they're just, they're really cute. If, if anyone hasn't seen them on your website and then, well, actually that was the second one. The first one, which ended up being called cookies and cream. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first one. I was like, oh, definitely a polka dot chicken. And so they were like, okay, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> but those, I think, took a little longer because you have to do, you know, several generations. Yep. So those took longer to develop. So those actually came out second, but they were the first ones. You know, I'm like, I'm a lifetime member of the Livestock Conservancy, and I'm really interested in preserving breeds, whether it's chickens or horses or cats or dogs. Like there's reasons why breeds have the different um, characteristics. You know, some of them are just for appearance, but it's also, uh, they're practical. So I'm a big 
believer of preserving breeds. But I also think it's really fun to play around and create new breeds. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something good for people to know. You can do both. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be either or. You can definitely have your standard breeds in your stock and breed out for breed traits. And then you can do eggers because, I mean, olive eggers, Easter eggers, the steel eggers. There's so many different kinds of eggers and they're all beautiful. And as a hybrid, you get the variety of feather patterns and the egg colors. And it's hard to resist when you're shopping. And a lot of times, I mean, same with with dogs, especially, you know, a lot of the purebred breeds have just been so interbred now that they aren't as hardy. They can have, you know, health problems. A lot of times your mutts or your um, your hybrids tend to be hardier. You know, they'll take a breed and they'll breed out maybe some of the aggression in it or something. And the, the hybrid will actually end up being a better breed down the road. So yeah, there's definitely room for both. And I, because I do think it's important to preserve the purebred breeds because I mean, if they go away, they'll be lost, yep. you know. Exactly. You're very active on social media, all of your blog posts that you've been talking about. What's the number one piece of advice you typically give new chicken owners? The number one thing is I think that people maybe fail to do as much research as they should, you know, just because chickens are inexpensive and they're small, they don't really look into what it takes to keep them healthy, what it takes to keep them safe. I think the the number one thing that people underestimate is predators. You know, they don't, they think they live in a neighborhood or they live in a fenced in yard or, you know, they, they go out in their backyard and they don't see anything, but they don't realize like what's coming around and prowling at night. And I mean, all you have to do is put up a trail cam. <laughs> You'll be surprised to see what's hanging around your backyard, you know? So keeping chickens safe, um, not only from predators, but from each other, you know, it's really important when you add new chickens, not only from a biosecurity standpoint, as far as not bringing in disease, but also, you know, keeping them safe because chickens hate new chickens. Like they mm-hmm. absolutely want to keep their place in the pecking order. So they're not all that happy when you decide to add new chickens to the flock. You know, I think that chickens can be quirky. And I think that people jump into it and they get all excited and they forget to really do some research about the basics. I would definitely agree with that. And the predator thing is funny. In a recent episode on predators, I said, you know, you think you know what's lurking in your backyard, but the moment you get chickens and put them in your coop, it's like all of the predators come out of the woodworks. Like you'll, there's mink and, you know, all sorts of things that you wouldn't think of. And then all of a sudden here they are. And I do hear that quite often with especially urban chicken keepers because they are Mm -hmm. living in town. And it's like, there's still coyotes that roam the streets and raccoons everywhere like you got to be careful so I like oh absolutely that. i definitely recommend putting up trail cams we have a bunch of them in the woods just because we like to see what's in the woods too but i mean it, it's important to know and like i love the snow because you can go out in the morning and look at all the prints and i'm constantly like googling or looking in my book because i'll see a print that i don't know what it is and i'm like please make it not be a weasel or a mink please make it just be a squirrel you know <laughs> um, but that kind of stuff is really important you know just to to kind of know what's there because yeah absolutely like everything will eat chicken other than rabbits rabbits are about the only thing that's not going to eat your chicken yeah exactly now what does your flock currently consist of you said you have chickens and you have ducks and you have geese what are some of your duck and gosling breeds that you have yeah so so we have had the ducks since 2009 and they sort of took a back seat i mean i think a lot of people didn't even realize we had the ducks at first but um we have 10 adult ducks and i was away for two weeks this spring and my husband didn't collect the eggs so two of our runners decided that they were going to sit on them so by the time i got back they'd already started developing so I wasn't going to, you know, throw them out. So we let them hatch them out and we hatched out three. So they're either Ancona runner or Ancona Mike Picrosses. They're the cutest little ducklings. So we ended up with three new ducklings that I wasn't planning on. Um, so now we have 13 ducks and then we have two geese that we added 
I think two years ago, I'd wanted geese for a while, sort of to protect the chickens. You know, they're just larger and they can roam around the yard. A hawk is not going to take a goose. You know, the geese are huge. But we started out with a male and two females and we learned pretty quickly during mating season. A gander, if you think a rooster is bad, a gander is like a thousand times worse and like 10 times as big. I mean, our gander literally wanted to kill us. Like he would chase us onto the deck. So I ended up finding a good home for him and his, like he had bonded with one of our females. So I found a good home for them on a farm nearby. And then we got another female. So now we have the two females and they're great. They're wonderful. So, so friendly and sweet and not aggressive at all, Mm -hmm. but they're watchful. You know, and if someone comes that they don't recognize or a car comes up, they definitely let you know. So they've been a lot of fun, but I I did learn my lesson. And, you know, there's no shame in saying I made a mistake and a gander is not for me or a rooster is not not for me. You know, different people have different levels of tolerance. Exactly. (laughs) And again, he was just way too much. (laughs) That's too funny. I like that. Now, you have been kind of, I think you enjoy this term, but I'm not sure. So I'm going to say it with caution the Martha Stewart of chicken keeping. And you do spend quite a bit of time in the kitchen. Is that right? Yeah, I do. And I'm I'm really okay with that. Martha actually spends part of her time in Maine and she, she was like a huge influence. I mean, who didn't watch her growing up? You know, and she had the chickens. She had the chickens that laid the blue eggs. And that was like part of my whole motivation, you know, once we got the chickens. Um, but I've always loved to cook and bake. And once you have chickens and you have like a bazillion eggs, and you don't know what to do with them, you end up just cooking and baking more, you know? So it's something that I've always done. And I have a couple of recipes on my blog, but I've never really focused on that part of it. Yeah, exactly. And is that kind of what led you into your next book? So I know you have written a lot of like DIY type books and you have a children's book out. So what was kind of the inspiration for your new cookbook that's coming out next year? Yeah, it's coming out next February. So I, with my publisher that I did my chicken books with, I pitched a cookbook to him. When COVID started and they realized that chickens were like huge again, I mean, everyone wanted chickens. They wanted me to write another chicken book. And I I didn't have anything else to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've written six books. I really, like, I don't have anything else to say about chickens. I've, I've said it all and I have nothing else to say. So I wanted to write a cookbook and they weren't interested. So I ended up hiring an agent and pitching the idea out. They let me out of my contract, which was really nice of them. And I ended up pitching the idea out and um, HarperCollins loved the idea. So I ended up, signing with them. And it basically kept me sane through COVID because, you know, I wasn't traveling. I wasn't doing any events or book signings or anything. So I spent the year basically writing a cookbook and cooking and baking and recipe testing. And I just had a blast. I hope I hope it comes through in the book because I think it's probably the most enjoyable book I've written yet. It was just so different than, you know, writing about chickens. I mean, a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. I love that. And now in that book, if you can give us a sneak peek of what's to come. I do talk about the different eggs and the substitutions, but all the recipes are basically written for chicken eggs. But obviously, if you have duck eggs or goose eggs, you could, you know, substitute them in, especially in the baking, yeah. um, because duck eggs are just so much better for baking. They're they're so high in fat, and the yolks are bigger, so your stuff rises better. But yeah, but all the recipes are written for chicken eggs because that's what most people have. Yeah, there's sweet, there's savory, there's beverages. Every recipe has eggs in it. I tested, obviously, all the recipes with my chicken eggs and all the recipes in the book when we did the photo shoot, mm-hmm. which is where I was when our ducks out on the eggs that they weren't supposed to. Um, <laughs> I brought down like, I don't know, 
400 eggs or something like that. I've been saving them up for months and I put them all in my car, drove to Connecticut. So all the recipes in the book, the photos were made with our chicken's eggs, which I think is like super cool. It is cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think people are going to like it. It's not, it's not a vegetarian book by any means, but a lot of times the egg in the dish is your protein, you know, so there, there aren't a lot, there's no chicken recipes in the book, mm-hmm. um, but there's not really, I mean, there's some bacon, mm-hmm. you know, but there's not really a lot of other proteins in it, you know, so, which I think will appeal to people. Cause I know a lot of people are cu- trying to cut down on red meat or, you know, vegetarians don't eat meat. So I did really try to focus on recipes that the egg really was the center of the recipe. So I definitely think it will become a staple on a lot of chicken keeper shelves because once you own chickens and you know, like that spring prime time, you just are overloaded with eggs. It's overwhelming. I can't tell you how many times I just look at the basket of eggs on my counter. I'm like, I'm going to boil these. Like there's I need to preserve them. I need to use them. Like how, what am I going to do? I'm tired of eating, you know, certain dishes that you typically go to. And it's like, I'm boiling all of these. I actually just did that. I, I hard boiled a dozen eggs because I mean, I'll grab them for lunch or a snack or whatever. Um, yeah, it, it gets very stressful. And I mean, it's it's sad to admit, but there have been times when I've just thrown eggs in the compost pile yep. because we can't eat anymore. The chickens can't eat anymore. Our dog doesn't want to eat anymore. And we have so many eggs. I don't know what to do with them. I have them frozen in the freezer to do my holiday baking. But yeah, you get to a point where there's just so many eggs and I had fun with it. I mean, there's the, the recipe for homemade marshmallows there's you know recipes for mayonnaise and caesar salad dressing and like there's a lot of things you can do with eggs that like you said you have your go-to recipes and you're like i don't want scrambled eggs again i don't want this well have you thought about making like a caesar salad that you know the dressing takes eggs and like there's all different ways to use um the yolks the white Mm -hmm. you know so i hope people will want to buy it and read it and buy copies for friends and yeah absolutely it'll be a good gift giving book, you know, when you have a friend that starts keeping chickens, that's the perfect book to give them. (laughs) Exactly. It's like a coop warming book. Yeah. (laughs) And I think the nice thing is, um, you know, writing my books, my first book is still my bestseller and and all that. And, you know, people have been following me for a decade now. So as I wrote each new book, I don't know that they necessarily bought it because they've been keeping chickens as long as I have. Yeah. You know, obviously there are always new people, but I think this cookbook will appeal to everybody because no matter how long you've been keeping chickens, you can always use new recipes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this is a fun question I ask a lot of the people we interview on the Coop podcast, and it's going to be hard for you. If you Uh could be one chicken breed, what would you be? Oh, that's easy. Why is that hard? I just figured it would be hard for you to choose your one favorite out of all of them that you have. (laughs) No, I would definitely be an Australorp. Really? I was thinking Orpington at first. (laughs) No, as I mean, technically they are at Orpington, but you know, as time goes by, I just really, really enjoy Australorps. I think they're beautiful. I think that there's nothing more beautiful than a black chicken that's really healthy and the sunshine on it and the feathers are like so shiny and purple and green. You know, and they're big enough to hold their own. They're sweet. They're good layers. Um, They're good moms. So yeah, I would would definitely be an Australorp. Very cool. Well, thanks, Lisa. I appreciate your time today and sharing all your information with our guests. Thanks, Kendra. It was fun. 